Anything less than a five-game winning streak will be a major disappointment. And that's incredible to say after their 1-7 and seven start. But the Jets are a juggernaut. And we're talking about it on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest. I am a contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchog. All righty. Nice job with the free music, YouTube. You're listening to Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation. Episode 20. My first ever sports podcast where we keep it simple, we keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, just put it in another podcast. But that's three boys and girls, three wins in a row, and the first time in the history of the New York Jets that the franchise has ever had back-to-back 30-point leads, back to 30-point leads in back-to-back weeks. That's crazy because as much misery that this franchise has caused and this franchise has encountered throughout their history. They There have been a few runs where they were a perennial playoff team. So you would have thought that at least once in their history, they, they've had back-to-back weeks where they've held 30-point leads against the opponent, but never. And for it to come this season, for it to come during this year, after a 1-7 start, after it was fire the coach, and after it was Darnold's a bust, and for it to come this year is crazy. It, it was unforeseen. When was the, the last time they had two blowouts in a row? When was the last time they had two blowouts in a season? Last year, they beat up the Lions pretty good at, during the opening week of the season. They put up more than 40 on them, held them to less than 20 points. In 2015, when Todd Bowles went 10-6 and with the Jets, Ryan Fitzpatrick's first year, they, they beat up the Titans really well. But other than that, most of their wins were one or two score games. Uh, you probably got to go back to the Rex Ryan era for them to, for, to find two back-to-back blowout wins. And I'm not 100% positive it happened then. But for it to happen this year is certainly, it's just such a drastic, drastically quick turnaround. And that's why I'm going to tread a little bit lightly. And Because just as quickly as they were up 16 nothing on the Buffalo Bills during a week one of the year, that all turned for the worse, and they wound up 1-7 and seven on the season. And then when they're 1-7, and seven, that all turned for the better, and now they're 4-7 and seven and look like an offensive powerhouse. But would you be shocked if it turned once more and, and turned for the worse? W- is it impossible to think that this team could end up 4-12 and 12 in the year? No, it, it's not impossible. That being said, the Bengals and the Dolphins are must-wins. They have to be. The Jets have to be 6-7. and seven going into Baltimore against the Ravens Thursday night in a couple of weeks. They cannot have an offer against the Dolphins this year. They cannot lose to the 0-11 Bengals. They cannot split those games. They have to go 2-0. They can't lose either one of those games. Can't do it. Can't do it. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. It is more about them than it is about the team. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. It is amazing the longevity of Vernon Davis's career after that because you would have, that, that was in 2008 when he was subject of that tirade uh, by Mike Singletary, the then head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. You would have thought maybe he's probably out of the league in a couple of years, but he was still still on a roster this season. It was the Washington Redskins, but he's still on the roster none, nonetheless. So absolutely incredible for a, for a tight end to have that long of a career uh, after uh, after what went on in San Francisco, and then also amazing that his teammate. From the 49ers, running back Frank Gore is still playing and still going strong for the Buffalo Bills and going to help them get to the playoffs, it looks like, at 36 years old. That, that is unheard of 
for a 36-year-old running back to still be productive. For a, for a running back to still be playing at 36 is unheard of. For a 36-year-old running back to be productive is even more unheard of. That just doesn't happen. And that's that's a, a testament to the type of player that Frank Gore is, that he's able to have that long of a career for a running back, where usually if you're 29, 30, 30 years old is really old for a running back. 36, it just doesn't happen. That's like, that's like a player playing until they're 50. In baseball, in football, 36-year-old running backs does not happen. And Frank Gore to still be a productive player on a playoff contending team, incredible. But back to the Jets, because I'm excited about three in a row. I'm excited about Sam Darnold. I'm excited that the coach is having success. And that, that, that doesn't change that I don't think that Adam Gase is going to last long in New York. But I'm sure as hell going to root for him while he's here. I'm excited for this team. I, I'm excited for everything. You know, but I still can't shake the fact that the Bills or the Dolphins game earlier this year, that the Jets being up 16-0 against the Bills, that the Jets should have been able to beat the Miami Dolphins in Miami because they are clearly the better team than the Miami Dolphins. Either one of those games, and this this team could be 5-6 and six right now and in legitimate playoff contention. But they're not in playoff contention because they're not winning out. They're, they're not going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Who is beating the Baltimore Ravens right now? I mean, maybe the the Patriots got beat up good by the Ravens. You'd think maybe Bill Belichick could come back and figure out a way to slow down Lamar in the playoffs. But that being said, I, I, I don't want to go directly from saying fire the coach to the coaches great after three games. From fire the coach, this team is awful. This team is going to win one game. This team is going to have the top pick in the draft right back to after a three-game win streak, right back to the, the head coach is great. The quarterback is great. Everything is great. This team is headed to the playoffs because it's it's not that easy. And for Adam Gase, he works when he's winning, right? Because his personality works when he's winning. The tough love with the players, the snarky and arrogant comments with the media, that's all fine if you're winning. That works if you're winning. Bill Belichick works when he's winning. If Bill Belichick lost the first three years of his career in New England, he would have been out. They wouldn't have dealt, Boston media wouldn't have dealt with the, the type of person or personality that Bill Belichick has, the way he treats the media. But he only lost one year and he's won nonstop ever since. So he could treat people however he wants. He can handle the media however he wants. He could build the public perception of himself however he wants. You know, Jason Garrett cannot treat the media the way Bill Belichick does. Jason Garrett is not good enough of a head coach to treat the media like that. He has to come across as a a sweet, kind man, or he would have been out a long time ago in Dallas. He's not a good coach. He needs people to like him on a personal level, otherwise they would kick him out. But but people don't need to like Bill personally, because when you win like he does, it doesn't matter. He calls the shots, and Adam Gase, for, for the way his personality is, he needs to win to keep the media from chasing him out of New York. Because he didn't win consistently in Miami, and the media chased him out of Miami. He didn't get along with the owners. They they kicked him out of Miami. That would happen in New York as well. If he's not winning, he's going to get kicked out, and he's going to do it quickly. He's, he does not have the type of personality that will last if he's losing. And I, I think that's been perfectly exemplified this season. In, in just this slightly more than half a year, that's been perfectly depicted. Because at 1-7, and seven, it was kick him out. At 1-7, and seven, it was Adam Gase lost the locker room. At 1-7, and seven, it was the quarterback is regressing and it's Adam Gase's fault. At 1-7, and seven, it was he doesn't know how to communicate with his players. 
But then you get three wins in a row, and all of a sudden, it's he figured out a way to keep the locker room together. Let's pat him on the back. Three wins in a row, and all of a sudden, it just took time for him to connect with Sam Darnold. And the mononucleosis delayed their progression, and things are starting to come together. And this is the real Adam Gase. This is who the Jets hired. This is the quarterback whisperer and the offensive mad genius. Let's tread lightly. I think they're going to win this week. I fully, I expect them to win this week, and I expect a five-game winning streak. But at the same time, we know that this head coach, we know that this Jets team is fully capable of putting together a completely disappointing, lackluster effort because we've seen it multiple times this year already. So yes, now they're trending in the right direction, but let's just tread a little bit lightly. I'm excited for where they're at. I'm excited for the fact that it looks like Adam Gase and Sam Darnold will have, have something good going. I'm excited for the fact that this looks like a legitimate quarterback. This looks like a legitimate offense. But let's just tread a little bit lightly. And let's also take a break on the Brandon Connors Jets podcast. We're back after this. Here's what has me really nervous about this week. Andy Dalton. Because this is the most important game of Andy Dalton's career in years. This is his opportunity to showcase himself. He knows he's not going to be back next year. He was already benched, benched once this year, but he still views himself as a legitimate starting quarterback in this league. He knows his opportunity to prove to people that he still has something left is going to come in these next few weeks, these, these last opportunities to get a start and to get a win for the Cincinnati Bengals. So this is an opportunity for him to showcase himself as a potential free agent and the Cincinnati Bengals, they have to feel more confident with Andy Dalton under center. But maybe that also helps the Jets. Maybe that helps them look at this game as less of a pushover. Look at this game with a little bit more legitimacy and not have it be a typical trap game. So I'm I'm interested to see how they, they come out and respond. They had the big win against the Oakland Raiders when they were underdogs. Now all of a sudden they're favorites on the road. How are they going to handle that? And we talked last week about reasons why I can't imagine a five-game win streak for the Jets, the kicker, the O-line, the running back. But how about a couple of reasons why they can have a five-game win streak and see all the contributions from the no-names, from the players we didn't expect to get big years out of? You know, Some of them, I'll fully admit, I, I didn't I didn't know who they were. I never heard of at the start of the year. Neville Hewitt, not a no-name because he, did, he played well for Darren Lee last year. We knew who he was. But going into the season, did you expect much out of Neville Hewitt this year? With C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson at the linebacker spots on this roster, I don't think the Jets wanted to have to rely on Hewitt, but he's made Avery Williamson look expendable. And I, now at this point, the way Neville Hewitt's playing, you would expect most likely Avery Williamson is not going to be on this team next year when he's back and healthy. But another great game for Hewitt. He set up that Brian Poole interception, fantastic interception, which turned into a touchdown to go up. Uh, I think that put them up 33-3 to at that point. First and 10 Raiders, back to throw Carr, throws one over the middle, it's tipped up in the air and picked off by Poole, and he's going to go into the end zone for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Brian Poole, pick six, the Jet defense scores, and this is an incredible performance in all three phases today. They are dominating this game. Great one-handed catch by Brian Poole to come away with that tip ball and then take it into the end zone for a touchdown. But Poole with the interception, Poole with the touchdown, Poole jumping into the stands. How about that? Getting the football stolen, getting the football returned during the week. Everybody's all happy. Robbie Anderson jumping in the stands. He's all pumped up and excited to be hanging out with the fans. 
And then Dwayne Haskins trying to do something similar in Washington, taking selfies with the fans and trying to do something nice for the fans, but forgot to realize that the game was still going on and his head coach is on the sideline looking for him, has to put him back in the game to go into victory formation. Dwayne Haskins is nowhere to be found. He's taking pictures with the fans. And then now Haskins kind of looks like a a little bit of a a fool for missing the final snap of the game. And I'm I'm sure the uh, Washington Redskins weren't too thrilled about that. But for the Jets, how about their cornerbacks as well? We obviously mentioned Brian Poole, but bless Austin and Arthur Mollette at 23 and 26 years old. These guys look like they're legitimate cornerbacks and something that we did not expect at all to see from the Jets this year. If the Jets were going to have decent cornerback play, you would have thought that maybe Tremaine Johnson somehow has a rebound year for this team, which did not happen. But you got Austin and Mollette and Austin looks like a six round steal by Mike McCagnan in the uh, in the draft this year. And Mauletta, a great under-the-radar signing by McCagnan. Is, is is, are these great finds by the former Jets general manager, Mike McCagnan? Or is it Greg Williams figuring out, figuring out ways to maximize their talents and doing a, a great job of it? But all of a sudden, we went from thinking we only had safeties in the secondary to now all of a sudden thinking that maybe there are some decent cornerbacks on this team. Maybe there is some talented cornerback play. And whether it's Mike McCagnan being good at finding talent right before he left, or whether it's Greg Williams figuring out a way to, to utilize the talent that they do have, either way, you got to be excited having a 23- and 26-year-old cornerbacks that are playing as well as they are right now. And that's definitely part of the reason why the Jets season has turned around the last few weeks. And Braxton Berrios, the 69-yard reception from Sam Darnold, the former Patriot, in a, a bit of a... Role reversal. It it always seems like you would get players that leave the Jets and then go up to New England and do something productive. It's nice to have it the opposite way and see Barrios go out and and make that 69-yard catch. But also, you're getting production from Demarius Thomas, and the Patriots could certainly utilize Demarius Thomas with the the way that their wide receivers are banged up. I mean, you, you think of the guys that they've had. They've obviously had Edelman. They've had Demarius Thomas. They've had um a- Antonio Brown they've had Mohamed Sanu but right now their their wide receiving core is so banged up they could absolutely use Demarius Thomas who's looked somewhat productive for the Jets this year with th- over 30 receptions and close to 400 yards I think he's got on the season he's been, he's been pretty pretty solid overall but it, it looks like we're a long way away from one and seven we're a long way away from the New England Patriots debacle all of a sudden the seeing ghost comments no longer looks like a season-defining moment for the Jets and a season-defining moment for Sam Darnold. They credit the young quarterback for being able to overcome that and being able to turn this season around. And, you know, in a weird way, Sam Darnold seeing ghost comment, it actually plays a bit of a role in this Miles Garrett situation with Mason Rudolph because Darnold doesn't make that comment. Mason Rudolph is probably mic'd up by NFL Films and Rudolph mic'd up and then we have an answer to the Garrett racial slur claim. Uh, But... I don't want to get into all that right now because that could be a 20-minute podcast in itself. But for Sam Darnold, let's let's go back his last four games now. He's got 108.1 passer rating in his last four weeks, and that includes the Dolphins' loss when he played. He started to play a little bit better in the Dolphins' game. A 3-1 record, 10 touchdowns, 8 of them passing, 2 of them rushing, 2 picks, 66 completion percentage, 108.1 passer rating. It's been absolutely uh, fantastic to see how quickly he's turned this season around. And I I don't want to say the demise has begun because I I don't believe that yet. But you look up in New England and and the last four weeks for Tom Brady, he's got a 78.9 passer rating. But for Sam Darnold, it's been fun to watch 
the last few weeks, and you just hope right now at this point it continues. Let's not talk about the playoffs, though. The playoffs are at 4-7. and seven, The playoffs are, are out of the question. I think the Jets would have had to have picked up either the Dolphins or the Bills game for me to consider the playoffs a legitimate possibility. I don't see how they're beating the Baltimore Ravens. I'll be excited for the game if, if going into it they're 6-7. and seven. They'll certainly be pumped up and ha- be, have some sort of optimism building in the next couple of weeks. But for now... Let's all just enjoy your football. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your friends and family. Make sure you tell them about me in this podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast. And as always, big a